Let me say this. You better be glad for mercy. We probably could not handle tonight God's judgment. Matter of fact, I doubt very seriously if there's anyone here, anyone, that could handle if God saw fit to give justice tonight. Um, And uh, so you ought to be thankful for grace and mercy. Again, we appreciate you being here so much. Take your Bible tonight. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter number 6 again. We began last week. And um, well, let, me just, let me just share something with you. I've, I've gotten phone calls all day long, folks being sick. And I appreciate them calling. Let me know. It, it uh, helps me better to know how to pray for folks. And I do appreciate that. I don't sound that and say this in a negative way. But the devil comes along and says, My Lord. There ain't going to be nobody there but you and Darlene who keeps on. Amen. But you know what? He's a liar because we've got a greater number tonight. We had last Wednesday and I say amen. And I'm just sitting here thinking, devil, you're just a liar. And uh, he's always been a liar and always will be. And uh, again, we appreciate those that God's touched. Good to have Brother Todd back with us in the land of the living. Amen. And uh, I don't know what this is that's going around, but it is very, very challenging to get over whatever it is. And so, uh, uh, but it's good to have you here. Matthew chapter 6, if you find your place, let's stand together, all right? Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 19. The Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt where, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Notice verse 21. Let's read verse 21 together. Ready? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore thine eye be single. Thy whole body shall be full of light. That thine eye be evil. Thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, notice the question, how great is that darkness? Mercy. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other, you cannot serve God and mammon. Tonight we began a series last week called Treasure Hunt. Last week we looked at determining our treasure. Tonight we want to look at the devotion to your treasure. Elijah leads to a throne of grace. Amen. You'll be seated. Fellow went to the eye doctor. The the receptionist asked him what kind of problem he was having. The man said, I keep seeing spots in front of my eyes. And the receptionist asked, have you ever seen a doctor? The man replied, no, just spots. Some of you will get that going home. Amen. 
As we looked last week at determining your treasure, we see now that God said we will determine our treasure by what we lay up. Will we lay it up in earthly or will we lay it up eternal? Has the ideal that of God gives a command. He said, here's what we should not do and here's what we should do. And the key question comes in, what is it that I really value? Just what is my treasure? And Matthew Ryder said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If we can find your treasure, I can tell you where your heart is. You say, but you can't see my heart. No, but I can see your treasure. And the Bible says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And, there's a, and you say, but you don't understand. I'm the exception to that. I beg your pardon. God said there is no exceptions to this. Whatever your treasure is, that will your heart be also. But tonight as we move a little further, we find that devotion has its source in vision. The Lord, um, we, we as human beings have five gates with which God chooses to enter into our soul. One is taste. Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I was thinking, I didn't, didn't plan it that way, but I sure am glad you've done that, Cars. He is good, amen. And the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Then we have hearing. Amos writer said, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I was in the famine in the land. Not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of the hearing of the word of the Lord. You'd be amazed how many people will leave tonight without ever hearing what's being said. It's amazing. Number three, touch, feeling. That they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after Him. And then smell. Has the ideal, the Bible says, but I have all, I have all in abound, I'm full, and I am full, having received the epaparitis, the things which were sent from you, an odor, sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well pleasing to God. But the fifth one is the one God chose to use. And I am convinced it is probably the most powerful one. And that is, the sense of vision or sin. We, we find the Bible says the light of the body is the eye. Has the ideal that, that it is through the eye gate, through the eye gate, that we begin to feed, if you will, our soul. And we begin through the eye gate to give our devotion to whatever treasure it is that we have determined is our treasure. Um, and no exception. I'm amazed how that powerful this thing is of what we allow 
our eyes to see. As a matter of fact, vision. Many times people will, will, will tell me something and I, I may not be unkind, or, or, but in my own mind I'll say, you know, I'd have to see that to believe that. I'd just have to see that to believe it. And how many times have we watched someone, a magician, on TV and then do something and, and then and stand in other amazement? How did they do that? You're sitting there watching them. How, what, how did they do that? How did they perform that? But our vision is a very powerful because it gives light in our bodies. And it has the idea that we can make choices of where and how we'll walk in this life. Our spiritual vision and values will be affected by what we see and how we look at it. Ecclesiastes writer said this, there's one alone, there's not a second, yea, he had neither child nor brother, yet is there no end of all his labor, neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Someone asked, um, I'm thinking it was um, one of those wealthy men uh, uh, that was a multi-millionaire. And, uh, and he said, when, when, is, when is it you have enough? He said, just another dollar, just another, just another dollar, just, just a little bit more because the eye is never satisfied, the Bible says. Psalmist said, keep me as the apple of thine eye. The apple has the idea of being the center or the pupil, sometimes called the little man, because you can see reflection in it. It has the idea of God keeping it in the center. The Bible says, keep me as the apple of thine eye, because the eye is what lets light in. God comes along, and I, may I say, this is not my illustration. This is God's illustration in this passage. And what he's wanting us to understand, once you determine what your treasure is, he says how you look at something, how you focus at something, is going to determine the devotion that you give to that treasure. First of all, he says that you ought to have proper eyesight. Notice, he said, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. That word single means without foes. It is the same ideal of the proverb writer. Talking about the simple one means no foes in it. It has the idea of being very clear. It also has the idea of our focus. It has the idea of being properly focused on something. Here's what in essence he's saying. He said if your focus is on eternal things rather than in temporal things, he said you'll have an undivided devotion and a oneness of purpose. And the purpose of life is to serve God. It's the reason God put us all here. 
few minutes ago, I asked you if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the blood of Jesus had washed your sins away. Almost everyone raised a hand, right? Then why do you think God's got you here? Why do you think God saved you? Do you think God needs some ornaments in heaven so he decided to save you? Do you think God needs anything you and I have? Oh, no, no. God saved us to serve him. And if we're not serving him, we're not fulfilling the purpose he gave us in life. You say, but you don't understand. I'm busy making money. I'm busy having pleasure. I'm busy getting power. I'm busy with myself. I don't care what it is. If it ain't serving God, it's wrong. It's sin. And you're wasting a great privilege that God's given you. Has the ideal of a purpose is to serve God. Second, the priority of our life is to glorify God. Look this way. Everybody look straight at me. Right now, if you stood in the presence of a thrice holy God, would your life bring glory to Him? Or would you bow ashamed at where you're at? Someone said, well, I tell you right now, I get to, when I get to, I'm going to you, I've arrived, Jesus. I'm not going to do that. When I get there, I'm going to fall on my face because I'm going to tell you, you're in the midst of his holiness. Has the ideal of being single. The passion of our life. That's what I said. The purpose is to serve God. Number two, the priority is to glorify God. Number three, the passion is to please God. The Bible said to him, not right at best, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of life will grow strangely dim in light of his glory and his grace. Jesus said the lie of the body is the eye, is through the eye gate that God said this light's going to come in and God gives you an eye of the choice. He said the eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. Notice what it gives you. Number one, light brings visibility. Step into a dark room and nothing is visible. Step on light switch and everything. Comes visible. Hold on. She'll kill me. She finds out I told you this. Darling, when the light bar put up in her bathroom. And uh bathroom's always been dim. Just just had you know, just had the old old tight hanging globes and hated them things. Dust catchers and all that stuff. And and, uh, and she said, I I I want a, I want a light bar with a whole bunch, whole line of lights. I said, Well, honey, ain't one problem. Once you do that, then somebody's got to clean this bathroom up, because I'm sure. Once we see, then there ain't gonna be nothing hid. Amen. We got light. We took we, we put them all up there and turn it off. Oh my gosh, turn them back off. No, no, it's she keeps she keeps her bathroom clean. It's mine, we're gonna keep them, amen. 
Light brings visibility. That's the reason why that so many people are so blind in where they're at. Because there's no light there. There's no light. Seeing light brings light to the Word of God. How many times people have said, Well, Pastor, I just can't understand it. You just told me you didn't have any light. You just told me you didn't have any light. Told me there's something else coming through the eye gate. It's not the Word of God. It is amazing. It is amazing. It's not what I don't understand in this book. It's what I do understand. Like one little boy said, Thou shalt not. What don't you get about that? Amen. And the Bible says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of God, the Spirit of God. For there are foolishness in them, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Number two, a single eye brings you to the will of God. So many people, and I'm asked this question all the time, is, is this, how can we know the will of God? Let me tell you the first place to start getting his book. Do what you know is right, and in the midst of doing what you know is right, God will meet you at a crossroads somewhere with his will. You're not going to be looking for it. He'll show up right there with it. Here's what we did. Here's why we're in such a mess. Here's why we're so miserable in our life. We decide what we're going to do and say, okay, God, get in on it. Come on, God, help it. Come on, God, bless it. Come on, God, do this. And then we get blow up and get all sideways when God don't move in it. When God didn't have nothing to do with it to begin with. It's what you want to do. Bible says, set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. First John 1, 7, don't miss this. But we walk in the light as he's in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. When we're in that single eye, has the idea of bringing visibility. Our message I was working on it today. You'll find that God, the second Corinthians said, this world is blind. They cannot see. Number two, light brings vitality. I, 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 can't, I can't pronounce this word. It's called photosynthesis. Uh, synthesis. Can't get that last synthesis out. Good. I do know what it means. It means this. It means the conversion of light into energy which is necessary for the growth and life of plants. Two things you will do with plants if they live. Number one, Got to water them. Number two, you got to keep them in the light, right? Got to keep them. Well, they see they got they got to get in the light because that light converts to energy, and that's what's called. You know what Jesus is telling us? Jesus is saying, if you want vitality in your Christian life and spiritual growth, you've got to have the light 
of God's word, God's presence, and God's power. Listen to what I said. You've got to have the light of God's word, God's presence, and God's power to grow spiritually. Ephesians 4.14. Listen to me carefully. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby thy lying wait to deceive. So many Christians are still on the bottle. How many remember the message I preached time to throw away the bottle? Remember my big old bottle? Couple of, well, I preach it again. You done forgot it. I got a big old bottle and I said, it's time to throw away the bottle. It is time, if you, if you, if you tell them, and I, I'm, not, I'm not judging your heart. I just know you raised your hand a little bit ago. If you are saved, and live purposefully in sin, then don't you think it's time you got out of that nursery? Don't you think it's time you got out of that, uh, that bottle and began to, to realize, I can't do this no more. And time to realize that that's going to do nothing but destroy your life. See, Adonai Judson here was his motto. Don't miss it. The motto of every missionary, whether preacher, printer, schoolmaster, ought to be devoted for life. Charles Spurgeon at 16. Saved on January the 6th, 1850. Less than a month later, on February the 1st, he wrote the following prayer of consecration. Won't you listen? Oh, great and unsearchable God, who knowest my heart, and trust all my ways with a humble dependence upon the support of thy Holy Spirit. I yield up myself to thee as thine own reasonable sacrifice. I return to thee thine own. And I would be forever unreservedly, perpetually thine whilst I'm on earth. And I will serve thee I may enjoy thee and praise thee forever. Amen. He was 16 years old. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. Weatherman once gave this report. Weather forecast for tonight. Dark continued overnight with widely scattered light by morning. Widely scattered light by morning tells you where a lot of folks are. Jesus wrote by one commentary, here's what he said. If however your whole body is penetrated with light, there's no part dark, it will be so lighted, all of it, as when the lamp with its bright shining gives you light, like a lamp that floods a room with light or shines on our path in a dark night, the single eye fills the light with light that brings visibility and vitality. And the single eye gives a Christian proper eyesight. Then, he says, there's a poor eyesight. 
We're talking about devoted, your treasure. And your treasure will decide that. Bless thy not be evil. Stop here and say this. I didn't say it was evil, but God said it was evil. Thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be dark, how great is that darkness? The word evil means disease, defective. As the ideal of Christians who have a poor eyesight. I love this. I'm glad my policeman's not here. A policeman pulled over a car for speeding, asked him to get out of the car. And after looking the man over, he said, Sir, I couldn't help but notice your eyes are bloodshot. Have you been drinking? The man got really indignant and indignant and said, Officer, I couldn't help but notice your eyes are glazed. Have you been eating donuts? I would not suggest you do that. Jesus said that a single eye brings light, but an evil eye brings darkness. What kind of, what kind of darkness? What, what does this do? Number one, it is a divided life. Divided. Again. Again. He said if there's light in there, which is evil, then in darkness, then you divide your life. And divided house, a divided house will not stand, the Bible says. You know what you're trying to do? You're trying to be devoted to two worlds. Your heart's divided between the eternal and earthly. You want the world and you want God. You want to go to heaven but you want to live in sin. You want all the world's sin but you want all the riches of heaven. You want both. What's scaring me is we have some folks that actually believe they're worthy of both and they're not. D.L. Moody once said, now that I'm converted, I've got to give up the world. Mr. Moody answered, no one, uh, no, you do not have to give up the world, but you have to, uh, a good ringing testimony for the Son of God, and the world will give you up pretty quick. Don't I want you around? Can I say this? The Bible's very clear. A friend of God cannot be a friend of the world. James 4, 4 says, You adulterous, uh, adulterous and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. You're his enemy. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You can't love God and the world at the same time. Bible says this, he that asks in faith, let him not waver. For he that wavers, like the wave of the sea, driven, tossed and fro. But let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways. Number one, got a divided heart and a divided life. And I don't care how you slice it and dice it, 
you, the, there is, it's an impossibility to find a happiness there. Number two, you got to deprive life. You're stealing from yourself. Single eye brings light. Evil eye brings darkness. And one of the things about having a single eye is this, you get to enjoy the things of God. One of the evil I misses out on is what God has for them. They, they, they live spiritually shortchanged. They live beneath their privilege. I fell a book to a, uh, a passage on an ocean liner. And he had enough money to buy the chicken. Every day he, he'd look in the window and he'd see everybody eating. He'd walk by and people all the time having food and day after day, but he had no money. Just all he had was about to eat. And it wasn't until the last day that he discovered that all the meals was included in the ticket. He could have enjoyed it on the entire journey. And a whole lot of folks are saved and not enjoying the journey. And the reason being is their life, it's an evil life filled with darkness. Not only that, but it's a darkened life. Notice what he said. If thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. Absence of any light that makes a difference. And the Bible is a locked book to one with an evil eye. And the will of God is beyond one's grasp. A lady lost her eyesight and didn't even know it. She thought that the room was just getting darker. And there's Christians, they're spiritually blind and don't even realize it. And um, someone has said this, Outlook always determines outcome. Vision determines values. Values determines priorities. Priorities determine pursuits. And pursuits determine character. Let me tell you again. Vision determines values. You know what's, you know what's, you know what's alarming? It, it, it really, it's, it's, it's very much alarming to my own heart is this. We know more about Duck Dynasty than we know about this book. We know more about the world than we know this book. We sure do. Vision determines values. Values determines priorities. Priorities determine pursuits. And pursuits determine character. Why do Christians feel the will, fear the will of God? Because they're blind to the blessings and joy. But they pillar ahead at night, knowing praise God. Don't miss this. I'll talk more about this next week. Devotion cannot be divided. No man. That includes me. That includes you. That includes every person here. No man can serve 
two masters. I'd like to illustrate this for you. I want you to get the lights back there for me. And Brother Watts, you get the lights over here. I'm going to illustrate this for you. Every one of us here tonight, this is your life. Okay? All right. The Bible says, if our eye be single, this is your life. It's full of light. Single. Didn't know if you noticed something about that. If it's full of light, it can't help but escape. Hey, hey, hey Daddy, Mama, are you listening? You're either light to your children or your darkness. And it goes by what kind of eyesight you have. He said, if the light be single, then you're full of light. And everybody sees it. But if your eye be evil, then it's full of darkness. You said you were saved. I hope you are. Talks about if there be light, but there's darkness. It is the sin that we justify. It's the sin that we know is wrong. We're not ignorant. We, we, I don't have to name them, do I? We know. And it is that darkness. The light's there. But you know, it's not lightning helping nobody else. Mom and daddy goes to church, but you know, they fill their light all week long with everything else. We do TV, we do sports, we do this, we do this, we do this, we do... I, you know, that mom and daddy, they, they go to church and they be saved, but they fill their light with money and everything, and on and on, and the list goes on. Don't do this, but it would be amazing if we were to ask your children what's most important in mom and daddy's life. Well, for, for daddy, it's making money. For mom, it's shopping. For, for, for daddy, it's TV, it's sports, and hunting, it's this, it's this. For mom, it's this, 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 this. What, whatever. And then the Bible says, if our eye be evil in the darkness... Now here's what you get. The Bible said, how great is that darkness? And you know why that's not answered? It's because I'm deciding my devotion to my treasure. I decide that. By what I allow through the eye gate. And if I just keep a folding up the darkness, a 
if I just keep making the darkness greater, then the light's on. The light's there. And it's on. It's there. I know I'm saved, preacher. I know. I know. That little boy, that little girl can't see it because all they're seeing is the darkness. The Bible says, if I be evil, it is full of darkness. You can turn it back on. Thank you. Get it? Did you get it? That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Did you get it? Did, did he find a place? Did it? Because your treasure tonight. You say, Well, I can't have that. I'm going to get out of here. I know. Then you just put another fold in the darkness of your own heart. Of your own. You. Rebellion. Refusing to get right with God. Refusing to acknowledge sin. Every time we do it, we just fold up the darkness a little more and a little more and a little more. If I can be there, now, I'm not here to judge your salvation, but I am telling you this much. Your eye and body is either full of light or it's full of darkness. And it all goes back to your devotion, to your treasure. You say, well, preacher, I'll tell you what. That's the reason why we have no burden for our families. It's amazing. We've got, so, we, we've got so caught up materialistically in our world that the truth is our, our own flesh and blood is going to die and go to hell because we're concerned about a, a materialistic thing that none of us is going to take with us when we're gone. Oh my goodness. Second Corinthians 4, 6. For God hath commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, we ain't despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bringing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our bodies. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. While we look not on the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not are eternal. Ask your question, where is your devotion? Said last week, you got to determine your own treasure. It ain't about what you have. It is about where you place it, the value you put in. What are you devoted to? What do you 
give your eye to? Is it a single eye of light? Or is it darkness? I'm done with this. Um, as a pastor, I sometimes wonder. I sometimes puzzle. I, I mean, well, many times I do. I say, God, don't, why can't they see? Why can't they see what they're doing to their life? They see that. Well, I was just studying this week and preparing this. It's just like God said, Well, son, it's dark. It's dark. They can't say it's dark. It's dark. Oh, oh. Then, Lord, what's the hope? Well, the hope is. Light! Tonight, that's what we try to do. Shine a light in your heart. Say, God, would you please do something? Let's all stand our feet.